spend time with God every day. Every day. Every day. I will spend time with God. I will pray. I will pray. 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 I will pray. I will be holy. I will be holy. 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 I will be. I will be holy. I will fulfill God's purpose for me and my generation. My generation. My generation. I will fulfill God's purpose. God's purpose for my generation. For me and my generation. My generation. I will live the vow. All right, so uh, we're in this series, and week one, Dan talked about comparison and the nature of when you compare yourself to others, how it will kill your heart. And one of the quickest ways to destroy, literally, passion for God is when you consistently compare yourself to others. It's a temptation that the enemy has, that the enemy forces, that the enemy tries to get you to do. And no matter what, you lose. Because if, when you compare yourself to someone else, if you feel like you're doing well, then you're, you become filled with pride. If you feel like you're doing poorly or less than them, then you become filled with shame. And either way, you end up the loser. And so it's a death trap. It will kill your heart to be, be a person that compares yourself to others. And you take that, okay, heard the sermon, got the idea... It's easy to preach, it's easy to hear, and it's hard to live. And uh, I want to encourage you to continue to make that uh, something that you pray about in your prayer time. Continue to make sure, look at your heart. Are you comparing yourself to others? It will be a death trap. Another thing that kills your heart, we talked about last week, was shame. This idea that I'm of no value, this idea that at the core of my being, I'm not good enough. I have no value. And we talked about Psalm 34, 5. Those who look to Jesus, who find their worth in Jesus, who find their worth in God, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. And that's the great confession that King David says. Those who look to God, those who look to him are radiant. And it doesn't matter based upon the performance, based upon attainment. When you look uh, at the prodigal son, that story that Jesus says, he's a guy, when he looks at his father, he comes in, he's filled with shame. I'll, father, I'm no longer worthy to be called a son. I'm no longer worthy. Make me a hired man. I'll settle for the outskirts. I'll work in the barn. Let me be a hired man. And the father says, shut up. Look at my face. And he gives him a robe. He gives him a ring. And he says, you're my son. And those who look to me, don't start making excuses as to why they'll never measure up. But based upon who I am, you can become radiant. And your face can become confident. And so we spent last week talking about no matter what sin you've committed, no matter how bad you, what bad things you've done, the place that you find identity is not based upon your attainment or how well you do, but it's based upon God. It's based upon looking at him. Your, your identity does not come from how well you do, but it comes from the character of God. Psalm 34, 5, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. Tonight, I want to talk about a heart killer, something that the enemy sends literally as a fiery dart to destroy your heart. And I've seen it happen over and over again. Where you say, I want to sign up to go hard after God. I'm going to be a radical. I'm going to give everything. I'm going to be a disciple. And a decade later, one of the heart killers, one of the things that so often keeps people from full attainment, full pursuit, full love, full faith, full devotion, 
in America specifically is possessions. Tonight I want to talk about possessions. I want to talk about the things, the tatterings of the planet, the tatterings, possessions. It's all kinds of them. And they start off, little seed in your heart, and how slowly over time it's easy to become greedy and allow possessions to gain momentum, weight in your heart. Genesis chapter 1, let's just start at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 28. This is Adam and Eve in the garden. Let me just read. Because in the garden, they started off with everything. Adam started off with all. He didn't start off with some. He started off with everything. Every need met. Everything that he could want, Adam had. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Have dom- I mean, you have all things, Adam. Take care of everything. And God said, see, I have given you every herb that you... Herb? 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 I don't know. Every... Is it herb or herb? Okay. <laughs> every herb that... I'm used to the NIV. Every herb that yields seed, which is on the face of all the earth... And every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Also, to every beast of the earth, to every bird of the air, and to everything that creeps on the earth in which there is life, I have given every green herb for food, and it was so. So he gives everything to Adam. Adam has all. That's a good day. I don't know if you've ever really contemplated the nature of pre-sin, Adam has everything in the garden, but it's, it's really a good time. I mean, imagine, just imagine for a minute the garden. You have all the fruit, you know, all the trees, all, I don't know if they're whatever, but there's, there's the, you don't have to work for the food like it's, God takes care of you, it's there. You got to work and it's interesting when you look at that, just for those of you that think retirement's the dream or just playing Xbox all day is actually what heaven's going to be like. Actually, even in the garden they work. So I uh, hope you get used to working because that's a part of the way that God made us to work well. But anyway, that's just for free for those of you that love to uh, use sloth as a license for quiet time. But anyway, and so, uh, but, 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 but here's Adam and he's working He's, got, he's in the garden, and everything's good. It's not just the, the presence of good things, but it's the absence of bad. I mean, he, there's not sin. There's not uh, horrible, horrible things to deal with. There's not taxes. There's not um, mean people. There's not big dogs. There's not Longhorn fans. There's nothing um, evil yet, but they're coming. Just kidding, Amy. It's a good place in the garden. And so Adam has everything right. He's got, he's got everything, if you will. He possesses all things. He's over all these things. And when Adam chooses to sin, the battle begins. The battle begins, the, the, the tension, the wrestling with possessions. Because sin enters the world And suddenly the things that were once a really good gift, I mean, just awesome, the food, Eve, (laughs) good stuff. Instead of just food, you have gluttony. Instead of just rest, you have sloth. You have lust. 
sin enters the scene. Sin causes, creates the potential for us to glorify things. And suddenly something that was a gift from God now, now you have the opportunity to turn it into an idol, an addiction. But the gifts, the, these things, suddenly now have the opportunity to gain weight in us to become even greater than God or just in, in excess, something that's no longer good for us. And so 